Welcome to a brand new podcast we are calling the Starting Rotation. We're going to talk a lot of basketball, both professional, amateur, at the collegiate level. Any type of basketball league, we will just be discussing it on Starting Rotation. My name is Mark Mijot. I am the play-by-play voice of the University of Alberta Golden Bears and Pandas basketball teams. Also, you heard me on the Stingers broadcast this year for CEBL. We have a loaded house. Uh, I'm just going to go around the horn and we're going to start to my left. I have U Sports alum. Hi, I'm Kira Lyons. I played uh, in the ACAC for the Augustana Vikings. Uh, I played there two years, then played three years at the University of Saskatchewan as a Husky. I now host the games for the Stingers, and I'm here today. And it's safe to say you're the best player out of any, anyone around this table. Is that fair to say? Um... Oh, you're humble, We'll, ha- we'll have to play. That's, we'll have to play. I don't think we need to play to determine <laughs> that. Sitting across from me, Jason, what's shaking, buddy? Yeah, so my name is Jason Hills, and I am the marketing and communications manager for the Edmonton Stingers, and I have an extensive background here in Edmonton uh, on the local sports scene, uh, working for the Edmonton Sun and Edmonton Journal uh, with a main focus covering amateur sports, uh, most uh, mostly uh, University of Alberta, Golden Bears and Pandas. You've been all over the place, man. And much like to the guy to my right who covers anything that they keep scoring, you've seen his videos, <laughs> you've heard his pot, you've seen him everywhere. That laugh didn't give it away. It's Avery Lewis McDougal. Avery, what's shaking, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So my bio, I have worked for SB Nation, the Raw Sports Australia. I do my own YouTube series, Avery Sports Show, podcast. I'm the singer is also, I'm the singer's web host as well, where I profile players on the roster. You're a busy guy, man. No, I try it to be. It is true. You cover anything that they keep scoring right now. I'm also mad at fashion as well, too, as we all yeah, know. That's debatable. <laughs> that, that, that is debatable. That is debatable. That's us. That's the crew. We're going to have a lot of a cast of rotating f- uh, familiar voices and faces. Brian Swain, if you're a basketball fan in the community, you obviously probably know who Brian is. He'll be poking in a few episodes as well. So the point of this podcast, and also shout out to producer Zach, who's keeping us uh, on track. Um, the point of this podcast is basically we all like talking basketball, and we wanted to get together every couple weeks or so. To do so, we all have connections through the Edmonton Stingers, and we figured this was uh, a good way to get starting. This mm-hmm. all got started because Jason was the man with the plan. Well, first, let's go back. When did when did your relationship with the Stingers even start? Uh, I joined the organization a week before the regular season started. Oh, wow. So you just got dropped <laughs> right into the fire then, right? I did, and uh, I've put my head down, and uh, it's been one of, uh, one of the career highlights of, of my uh my time working in sports. It's what was that first year like in Edmonton? Because where this podcast is based out of Edmonton, obviously, but I genuinely feel like the Stingers, to steal their marketing, had a buzz in this town. And they're, on game days, people were getting excited and people were coming down to the hive. Did you feel that working on the inside that you guys were starting to grow and build a fan base? Absolutely. And it felt like something so special because you get there during games and everyone there, whether they liked basketball or whether they'd never even experienced basketball, when they... When they walked out of there, they absolutely loved their experience. And I mean, you can be, this city's known for sports and, and, and just having that whole spectacle. But when you get to the opportunity to be able to watch professional basketball, um, it's like no other sport I find because you can, you can sit courtside, you can reach out and touch them. You see them. I mean, you can see their faces, you can see the color of their eyes. Um, and it's just, it's pure entertainment. It's more than just basketball. It's, it's a culture, it's a party, it's fun, you know, For sure. um, it's, yeah, it's, it's honestly, um, to be part of a game day there is, uh, it's, it's really special. 
And Kara, you're the game day host. So you played at Augustana and then yep. played at University of Saskatchewan. Are you from Edmonton originally? I grew up like super small town, about oh. an hour east. Okay. So I, I basically played everything in okay. Edmonton, but like I'm not from Edmonton. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So after your playing career, I guess, wrapped up, you had this opportunity to kind of transition into broadcasting and doing some of the, the game day hosts. I imagine uh, game day for the Huskies is quite a bit experience down there. When you were in Edmonton hosting these Stingers games, did you start kind of what I asked Jason, did you feel kind of a buzz start to pick up as the season moved along? Oh, for sure. Like it's, uh, like I loved game days mm-hmm. in in, in uh, Saskatoon and especially, you know, you're playing Regina, it's a big <laughs> deal or whatever it is, but it's, it is a different feeling like for sure in the Stingers gym. And, and it was something that really, really surprised me. Like I, I was really hopeful and I really, really wanted Edmonton to embrace the league, to embrace the Stingers. Um, but I wasn't really sure how it was going to go. Um, and like they showed up, like they showed up and they were loud, they were passionate. But I also think that that comes in large part because the players were passionate, sure. you know, like they brought a ton of energy that the fans, it was really easy to to be passionate and excited because the players were so exciting and, you know, winning helps that too. So having that, a good, yeah. a good first season of winning, that didn't hurt at all. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm really excited about where the league is heading and um, where this team is headed to. Avery, you've been covering a lot of sports in this town for a long time. Um, Did you, did you know deep down that Edmonton was an association city or did you know there was not a closeted, closet group of basketball fans, but did you know there was a passionate group of hoops fans in town? I knew there was a passionate fan group. I knew they always been burned a lot because if you look at Edmonton's basketball history, we've had teams come and go so often. You know, the chill, they came and went. The energy, they came and went. There's a fan base that was kind of burned by basketball. So to see that fan base come out now and have a team that's stable and successful, it was nice to see. And you you, you see you see the games like people who know who know the game. Yeah. To see people who are wearing NBA jerseys now, or wearing Stingers jerseys now, the mm-hmm. game, it's great to see that this team has really embraced the city now. The one thing I will add to that is I feel like Edmonton has had a really strong female basketball culture for as long as I can remember. Um, Decades, really. Well, yeah, the grads, Mm -hmm. right? Like the most winningest team in North American history, if I'm not mistaken. But I I feel like that side of basketball has always been quite strong. Like I know where I grew up, the girls were really into basketball, but the boys were all into hockey. And that was kind Mm. of what it was like in Edmonton, I think. Like, and I mean, in Canada, that's just kind of how it goes. Um, But I think that in large part, like the how strong the women's culture has really kind of started to leak over and with our national team coming here and creating more fans. Like, um, yeah, I think it's been really strong in that aspect though. I think that also helps because the women's team has been more competitive than the men's on a national side. And I think we saw that in uh, soccer, especially. We see the women's game grow so much in this country yeah. because the women's team is, is is actually good. Jason, you've been around amateur athletics for a long time. Is that fair to say that the national programs really just trickle down to the six and seven-year-olds that get to watch that on TV and then want to play it themselves? 100%. You look at just the Canadian women's national team that's been based out of here and trained here. They are so connected within this community. They're going out to schools, you know, you go to a practice and they open up the gym afterwards and these, you know, these women are so engaging with these kids. And during the FIBA America tournament that was here just a couple months ago, I mean, there were so many young girls and and young boys as well that were just, you know, I want to see Kia Nurse, I want to see Bridget Carlton, I want to see Ruth Hamblin, Um, and just that connection. And you can really tell um, with the women's program, it's just how committed they are yeah. with that tournament itself. You had Kia nurse come all the way from Australia to, for the weekend 
to play three games um, just so that they could make sure that they advance the next level over. And the commitment level you see from all these athletes that are leaving their pro teams to come here to, to train or to, to take part in a tournament like that, that shows an incredible amount of commitment and how can you not support that? Yeah, for sure. And Edmonton's connection with the Plouffe sisters too, right? Having them, um, having camps in the city, really connecting themselves with the younger generations of, of players and, um, making sure that, you know, they didn't forget where they came from and, and the programs that they went through. And I think they're a really large part of that as well. And what they're doing now, you know, like trailblazing again, doing it three X three women's style, you know, making it, um, you know, taking the sport in their hands and doing what they want and, and really trailblazing for those that come after. And, and we're very lucky to have them in Edmonton um, building our game and, and creating a, a passionate fan base for all basketball. I think that's where it starts. You need to have good people in the city willing to do the work and, you know, willing to stick around. And you mentioned Kia Nurse. She's not from Edmonton, but she committed to fly I'm going to guess 14 hours to play three games yep. when she probably didn't need to, but she still wanted to be with her teammates and show that, that, that she was ready to go um, The commitment is something you mentioned, Jason, and I want us to go back to the CEBL quickly. Mike Morial, I had a chance to meet him a couple times when he was in town with uh, the CEBL. What does it mean to have someone like that at the top of the league who, you know, couldn't quite make it to every game, but it felt like he was at a ton. Did you feel the league had the, like... I'm trying to get to basically saying the league is trying to back every single team as much as they can. They are. There is not, there is not a squeaky wheel that's getting the grease, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 100%. The teams, yes, we are competitive and yes, we all want to win, but we're all working together to build this league. And, you know, Mike, he's an incredible leader. Um, He, he doesn't necessarily, everyone knows him as a, you know, a, a former CFL receiver with the Toronto Argonauts and, and Hamilton Tiger Cats, but he gets it from all different sides. Um, and you can really see that the way um, he's just so engaged with each team and he wants every single team to be successful. Um, and it's it's really neat to be a part of, especially early on to be able to see how all the teams are, you know, we're building rivalries with each other, but we're all wanting that same success. And it's pretty special. Uh, before we wrap up this opening segment, let's go around the horn and have some fun here. We have a lot of NBA talk to get to as well as U Sports and more CEBL talk, but we have U Sports alum, and I'm going to speak for the two guys beside me, some some wash-up scrubs here. <laughs> what oh, is... That hurts. Well, <laughs> Avery, do you have a favorite moment of yours personally on the basketball floor? On Either you're floor? playing or just, I you know, horsing around yes, with friends. Do you want the story? Do Not remember, really. Remember but NBA okay. it up. Do you remember those <laughs> I do, Yes. When I was ten years old, I came in second in a bump tournament in front of NBA scouts. Really? I beat grown men. I really? Came in second place. Yes. And th- that was it. Just you never that heard was, from the scouts ever a, again. I was on NBA.com. Really? I'm not kidding. Really? I'm dead serious. Jeez, that is impressive. Actually, yeah. well, it's going <laughs> to be hard to beat those. Jason, do you have a memory? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I started playing basketball in grade seven. Uh, you know, growing up in a tiny little hamlet, we didn't have school sports and. Uh, when I got to junior high, I decided I'm going to play basketball. And I remember the coach literally coming to me and saying, you made the team, but you made the team for two reasons. One, you're the tallest kid. And two, you're left-handed. Hmm. And I was like, done. <laughs> We're good. And it just, you know what? I, I didn't play a lot that, that first year, but the more and more as I went on, I got to, you know, play more and get more of an impact. And um, 
I was pretty good in junior high, and then I just stopped growing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> same as me. Yeah, the key is you got to grow late. <laughs> yeah, that's, I know. That's where it's at. And uh, yeah, it was you know, but I still loved playing in high school. And uh, I think we have the same story. I've been six foot two and one hundred and fifty pounds since I was fourteen, <laughs> and I haven't really grown much. So once I stopped being the tallest kid on the court, uh, my basketball career ended. I think you're gonna have the coolest stories, oh, Kira. Like, man. what's? Can you take us through a, a home game playing for the University of uh, Saskatchewan? Like, I imagine the adrenaline you feel. That's no, you can't even describe it. I'm going to ask you to describe it, but that's got to be pretty hard. It uh, honestly, it's the reason why I committed there. I went to watch um, Final Four on my visit, and because you know Lisa Tomitis, oh, come down, we're hosting Final Four. Just you know, coincidentally, it's like she's like, done that a time or two down. before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I went down. Um, they ended up winning on their home floor against Regina in this crazy barn burner, and it was packed in the gym. Like there were no seats open the track was completely full people were like after they won they were like popping their uh you know those bangers those thunder sticks or whatever they are so it sounded like fireworks were going (laughs) off in there and i was just like oh my god i can't not come to the school like (laughs) this is the best visit um and just playing in that gym like they're and and playing um for that team and that program like there's just so much pride behind it um lisa has built such an amazing program there and the community supports it so much it's uh it's it is hard to explain um but they don't have they didn't have pro teams when i was there they didn't have the lacrosse team um so the huskies are who they came out for they're who um you know they were the biggest fans of besides you know their cfl team so it was a big deal to be a husky um in any sport because everybody kind of had their like a pretty big following and then um winning a can west title here in edmonton was pretty awesome That's pretty cool. i had a pretty big family show up um i've got a really big family and they're incredibly supportive so i had like a massive chunk of the the stands was just you know family and friends and we were able to to pull out a win here and that was that was pretty awesome too that's very very cool we have a lot of stuff still still to get to so we'll take a quick time out you're listening to starting rotation presented by the edmonton stingers in first round Edmonton Stingers season tickets are on sale now. Season tickets start at just $249. That's less than $20 a game. Check out thestingers.ca for more information. Get your Stingers season tickets today. Welcome back, everybody, to the starting rotation. I am your host, Kira Lyons, joined with Jason Hills. We are going to talk a little bit about the CEBL year two. Um, the Stingers, kind of what our team is shaping into, um, yeah, just a little bit more insight on the league and the players themselves and what they're doing right now and, and all of that fun stuff. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. I'm glad you're here because uh, you are definitely the educated one in this, so I'm glad to be having this conversation with you, learn a bit. So we have six guys. They've signed their player option contracts, um, Jordan Baker, Travis Daniels, Xavier Moon, Adika Peter McNeely, uh, Matthew Camba, and Zach Overwater. And I think the team last year had such a good experience with the fan base of Edmonton. So it would be attractive to want to come back to a market like that because, you know, the city really embraced the team. Um, And just for kind of reference, the only team that has more player option letters than the Stingers at this moment are Niagara. So we have six. Niagara has seven. uh, Guelph also has six. Sask has one. Uh, Hamilton has three and Fraser Valley doesn't have any yet. So that also speaks to the program um, that they've built here, like guys wanting to come back. And I think with a summer league that's such a short season, if you can 
realistically build on that roster every year, I think you're at a huge advantage because, you know, some guys are going to look at it like a summer league and, and a development for other places in their career. But if you can kind of build those uh, foundational guys early and keep them to grow your program, I really think that puts you quite a ways ahead of other other programs. Absolutely, it does. And <clears throat> when you bring guys in from that maybe have no ties to Edmonton, um, you don't know how they're going to react or mesh in with the team and the city and the community. And when you look at people like uh, an Xavier Moon or Travis Daniels who um, have absolutely zero ties to Edmonton, they embrace the city, they embrace the fans, um, they loved Edmonton. And um, when we talked throughout the, su- throughout the summer and even the little bits we've spoken to them you know, um, in the off-season, they enjoyed their time here, and, and that's key. You want to be able to build that stability. And, uh, you know, to have for such a young league like the CBL is, you want to have stability. Yeah, and you say, like, they embrace the fans, and the fans embrace them. You know, like, there were signs and guys wearing jerseys in the in the stands everywhere. Like, it was such a cool atmosphere to see um, and really surprising that, you know, some of the fans really took to the game of basketball the way that they did. So um, if you're a part of a, a team like the Stingers, the the league, like the CBL, that's actually growing the game in the country. You know, you're not just growing it at Edmonton or in Alberta. Like the CBL is growing it across the country. And when you actually get to see that growth as you're playing, what a cool experience as a player that would be. You're just a part of something so much bigger. Absolutely. And you could just tell how much fun they were they, they were having, both on and off the court. And this team meshed well together. And, I mean, you could tell um, – you know, when the team went on that nine-game win streak, um, it just seemed like nothing was phasing them, you know, on the court. To, they were able to, you know, come together and, and pull out close foot wins, whether it took overtime or not. And it didn't matter what role uh, you had on the team. Everyone was, uh, found a way to be a part of the team and, and, and play a, a role. And those role players and having that mindset, that's the only way you're going to win championships like skill can get you only so far uh, but when teams aren't meshing and they aren't accepting their roles or they're um, you know upset about what their role has turned into um, you're not going to have a team that takes it all the way because you that team bonding I think is like probably the most important you have to be playing for each other playing to win not playing for yourself and I think that's a hard lesson to learn as an athlete Um, but those that do reap the benefits and it's it seems like the Stingers have, you know, they're building towards something like that. Absolutely. I thought year one, um, outside of not winning a championship, you couldn't have asked for a better season, both on and off the court. Um, it really, this city really embraced the team. Um, you know, it's, it was so electric. You know, game days were so electric. You could just... Team one went into overtime. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How could you ask for a better start to a league? Like, it was so exciting, that game, and people were losing it in the stands. Like, game one. Yeah. And it just, it just that's at the bar right there, and it just continued to get better and better and better. And, and as I look into year two and, and 2020, I mean, we're not that far away, and um, I look at what our team is doing and what we're looking to do. February 1st is free agency, and, and I can't wait to see um, who Jermaine has uh, that he's looking at. He's been working hard in the offseason to to bring in some guys to build around that core, and um, I'm really excited uh, to see where, where things are at coming into 2020. Yeah, and I spoke to Jermaine um, last week or, or a week and a half ago when he was in Sacramento, so he had made a trip down to 
go hang out with Roy Rana, who has been his mentor um, and is now an assistant coach for the Sacramento Kings. So I actually uh, had a phone call with Jermaine. If you want to listen to that full phone call, that interview, um, you can go to the Stingers Twitter, which is at ED underscore Stingers, and they will have a link to the YouTube. Um, But it was really informative. I really enjoyed um, just listening and learning because there's so much about this league that I'm discovering is... Uh, it's so well organized and thought out and there's things that and steps that have been taking place that I wasn't even aware of or had to think about. Um, So it's really cool to see that side of it. And it's really motivating to talk to a head coach and you're like, oh, yeah, like he's he's really invested in growing the game and and, you know, knows what he's doing and and has all of these things identified moving forward into the next season. So he went down to scout NCAA, but he also went to some G League games. And he said that the game that he went to, which he also pointed out was outside of the city, but that there was like a hundred people there besides himself. And that the paying in the CEBL per game actually pays better. So that's shows that they did their homework when creating this league. They understood that a summer league is how you need to start it. And I'm hoping that it turns into a full-time league because I think it has that potential. Um, but I had no idea that it would be that comparable to the G League and that it's, you know, an attractive option for very good players. It is. Um, and I, I know for a fact in talking with Jermaine over the course of the season, there was everyone knows the, the talent level of Canadian basketball. Um, and there was a lot of <clears throat> Canadian players that weren't skeptical of the league but just wanted to wait and see – how it was run. And you can't blame them because nope. there's a, in Edmonton, there's a, you know, we talked about it earlier, there's a track record of, you know, teams failing. Yes. So I, I don't blame them for being cautious. And, and being part of leagues when, you know, the Edmonton Chill were here and, and then the Edmonton Energy, it was in a league that was very unstable. And so I think a lot of these players that would love to be a part of the league wanted to take this season and, and just a wait and see approach. Um, and they realized, okay. This is a top professional league. It's well run. It's well organized. You know, they it's it's the quality that they wanted to see. And I can really see the talent level, not only with our team, but across the league, is going to be another step higher going into 2020. Um, you're going to look and it's, you know, Xavier Moon won the MVP uh of the league this past year. And he's going to be almost like the, the bar set um, in terms of the talent level that's going to be part of this league. It's, it's, um, there's so much Canadian talent that was untouched that is going to be part of this league now. Um, that's really special. Yeah. And it's, it's such a amazing thing that, you know, the majority of rosters are made up of Canadians because it just, there's so much, you know, we don't need to go fishing for other players. Like we have that, here we're showing that on every stage in basketball the nba the wnba international you know everywhere it's just it's exploding it's so it's a perfect storm for basketball right now and i could not be loving it anymore thank you for listening to the starting rotation a podcast brought to you by the stingers and first round we will be right back Edmonton Stingers season tickets are on sale now. Season tickets start at just $249. That's less than $20 a game. Check out thestingers.ca for more information. Get your Stingers season tickets today.
Welcome to the final segment of Starting Rotation. This has absolutely flown by. We're looking forward to doing this more regularly, of course, with a rotating cast of familiar voices and faces. We're in Edmonton, obviously, so we're focusing on the University of Alberta. The Golden Bears and Pandas right now are both rolling, but on the Golden Bears side, a familiar face took warm-up this past week, and he's ready to go before the playoffs. Jason, I know you you know this player very much because he also plays for the Stingers, but Brody Clark is one of the best players, not just in Canada West, he's one of the best players in the country. You were around this guy a lot last year. What is he going to mean to this Golden Bear team when he does come back, and what's he going to mean to the Stingers moving forward? I look from a... I was so excited um, just to see him develop over the course of the summer, getting that pro experience, and I was really excited. I thought to myself, okay, he's going to go back, um, play his final year, there's so many records he could break from a personal standpoint, team, conference, um, and then the unfortunate injury in the preseason. Um, and you honestly thought to him, okay, like he might not play this year. But I've known Brody since he came in to play with the Alberta Golden Bears. And if there was anybody to come back and come back as early as he's able to, it's Brody. And uh, I look at the team. This Last year they had so many young players and – it was Brody's team. Um, and now they've had to basically play almost an entire season without him. And you can see the development of some of the younger guys. Adam Page, who was a Canada West Rookie of the Year last year, has taken a bigger step. You look at Dwan Williams, um, you know, Tyus Heath, Jefferson, Tyus Jefferson um, Ivan Akome. Like, there are so many players that are getting this experience. And now you're getting a guy like Brody Clark, who I felt, I felt last year he should have got Player of the Year eSports Player of the Year consideration, um, and he wouldn't even win Canada West uh, Player of the Year. Um, but I felt this year uh, he would have been a lock to go up against Cadre Gray from out east. Um, you know, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. But I look at this team and where they're at. That's dangerous when you add a guy like of his caliber sure. um, and a guy who's been able to play professional basketball over the course of the summer. Um, I spoke to him quite a bit last week. Um, you know, he's ready. It's just a little bit of a mental hurdle. Yeah. You're coming back from a major injury like that. Um, but I, I'm really excited because I really feel that, you know, this team is going to be super dangerous. Avery, you've been around both Golden Bears and Pandas programs for a few years now, and I think there are some similarities in that there's vets on both teams, but there's also young players. Barnaby Craddock coaches the men's side, and Scott Edwards coaches the Pandas side, and you see some similarities in their in their rosters. How much credit should both coaches get, both Barnaby and Scott, for the way their teams are playing right now as both teams are red hot riding win streaks heading yeah. into the playoffs? There's a, lot, there's a lot of credit. You know what? When, when you lose players with injuries, and in fact you haven't dropped off at all, it's yeah. still be impressive. The fact that Pandas got honorable mention in the in the youth sports rankings. The fact that the Golden Bears lost, uh, like you say, lost Brody in the preseason, and they're still fourth in the nation. That to me is very impressive. You're going to see uh, the Golden Bears hopefully make some noise in the final eight come this fall, come this um, spring in Ottawa. Carrie, your former team is ranked number one or two in the country right now. Oh, S- number Saskatchewan, one. number one. Okay, <laughs> so obviously you still root for the Huskies deep down. Oh, always. Well, I guess once, once a Husky, always, always a Husky. It's fair yeah, to say. I grew up a Pandas fan. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. being not that far from Edmonton, yeah. but uh, no, I'm a Husky through and through. So on the women's side, the Huskies are just rolling through Canada West right now, and there's a huge matchup against Edmonton first week of February, I believe, the seventh and eighth. But you got to play against those Pandas teams. You got to play against Scott Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> did you, I know you maybe you don't think about it in when you're playing them, but did you think, oh, this team's going to be a handful to deal with in, 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 in a few years? 
Uh, they're always a handful yeah. to deal with. <laughs> yeah. You know, like they... Is that just one of those teams when... When you get the schedule, you circle and say, we're in for two nights of yes. tough physical basketball these yes. days. Yeah. And, okay. you know, the team that they had when I was playing as well was probably the biggest team in the country. Um, it was, they were massive, they were physical, um, and they were skilled and they were smart. So we knew that we were in a battle every single time. Um it was so much fun, though. Yeah. It was they. It was one of my favorite rivalries. Them and Regina was just. It was the greatest because at the end of the day, it's nothing but respect. But you know, you beat each other, beat each other up, and compete hard. And then off the court, it's all good. So I, I always loved it. The name you brought up a couple times is your former coach Lisa Tomitis, coach of the women's national team. Uh, let's close on this. What's it like to be coached by one of the best coaches in the country? Humbling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you still remember some of the humbling lessons she handed down to oh, you? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, it's, she's so, her attention to detail is just second to none. And you think you go in there knowing a decent amount about the game and, and then you're reminded that there is, <laughs> there are a million levels uh, to the game of basketball. But um, she's an incredible mind behind the game, but she's also just an incredible leader um, and, just an inspiration for people who play for her. And, and it's, I'm grateful for the basketball. I'm grateful for, you know, what she did for that, but I'm, I'm more grateful to like the skills that she gave me that I carry through every day. And that's, that's really what makes her a great coach. I think. Well, this was a fun first edition of starting rotation. We're going to be doing this a lot more throughout the basketball season. I'm putting all my co-hosts on the hot seat right now. Oh. As we wrap up, oh, I'm no. going to start with Avery. This is a fun question. Oh. What is your one wish? for basketball in the next 12 months? What do you wish to see? As you all think about it, I will start, because I think about this every day. I just want Seattle to get a team. I want Seattle to get a team back. I grew up a Sonics fan, so I want Seattle to eventually get a team back. That's my wish. It's not going to happen in the next 12 months, but bring the Sonics back. All right, my wish. What do I want? I want the Besides being six inches taller. (laughs) (laughs) What do I want? I want the Mavericks to stop wearing these stay-in-school PSA look-it alternate jerseys and wear some green. You have green. You are known for green. Wear some green again. Stop being afraid of green, Mark Cuban. Jason or Kara, do you have a basketball wish? I want all the Canadian guys that said they're going to play in Victoria Mm -hmm. to show up to Victoria, and I want them to win. I want them to play the Greek freak. I want to watch it, and then I want them to go to the Olympics um, because I just think that would be incredibly exciting. Uh, for me, um, I want to see basketball to continue to grow in this, in not only this city, but this country, you know, uh, the CBL is, uh, it was a, a very successful first year, but what we have on tap for 2020, uh, not just here in Edmonton with the stingers, but across, uh, the league front, um, a lot of exciting things and I can really see this league continuing to grow into something really special and uh, I'm really excited to be a part of it. And that's something we're going to be talking about a lot more on this podcast, right? Some of the big plans for 2020? Absolutely. I also want to just throw in the women obviously making the Olympics too, but to me it's kind of like, yeah, they're going to do it. That's kind of, it's kind of like <laughs> yeah, a lock, like, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like that's... It's, it's going to happen. We see this country get behind national teams. Winning helps, as Kara said it right yeah, at the very oh, beginning. Yeah. Winning helps. I, I remember the the 2001 U18 soccer tournament in Edmonton where mm-hmm. everyone became huge. <laughs> yeah. 2002, everyone became massive soccer fans. Edmonton for that just week. wants to cheer for they something. Do. Yeah. They you do, know? absolutely. Haven't had it's, reason to cheer on the ice for a while, tough. so they it's need something else. Fan. So everyone, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to do this more regularly. Subscribe, rate, 
tell a friend. Check us out at thestingers.ca. Follow us on social media. If you're listening to us, I'm pretty sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Tell a friend. Uh, let us know any suggestions you want to hear on the podcast. Big shout out to producer Zach, who has the difficult job of keeping us Thank on you, track. Zach. Thank you to our friends at First Round. Thank you to our friends at the Edmonton Stingers. And that's it, everyone. We'll chat with you in a couple weeks. Oh.